Welcome to Inside Abode. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dave Jones. I am your host. And this week's a special week as we are getting into the Black History Month Reflection Week. And last year was the first time we did this today. And this year, we we're going to do it again. So uh, sit back. And the whole prep, the whole premise of this is to hopefully, like, you can be a fly on the wall in a conversation. Uh, that I have with my friends. So these conversations actually are had all over the place all the time. I'm, I'm just really curious on on today's guest and, and the experience, and I think you will be too. So today we have Daryl Cruz. Daryl, hey. introduce, introduce yourself to the audience, man. Oh, well, hello, everyone. My name is Daryl Cruz. I hail from the great city of Tacoma, Washington. Um, you know, been in the entertainment business for a long time. I curate uh, the new Northwest playlist for Apple Music. I uh, done a lot of work with like Alaska Airlines, Revolt, um, VH1, a bunch of different things. Uh, been in the music space for a long time. Just happy to be here. Happy to be from Tacoma. Happy to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, man. Well, you're making you're making big moves out here, man. You you really um, that Apple Music playlist thing to me was a big deal. And the reason why it was a big deal is because a lot of times for you know when we talk about the influencers in terms of hip-hop and it's always came from seattle like or the voice has always came from seattle so everything had a seattle tint to it and us down in tacoma were like wait hold on a minute we got people down here we got people in federal way we got people all over you know and some of the biggest names and artists and producers and people behind are from around the south sound you know what i mean so (laughs) we got a lot of talent down here so a lot of times that it's almost like how, remember when Isaiah Thomas was always saying he was from Tacoma, not Seattle. This is that moment and you're that guy for this in hip hop and music. Amen. It's dope. That's super dope. I like when you put it like that, that's a, that's a dream. That's a dream. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. It's like, nah, Tacoma. We're from Tacoma. Like, yeah, we get to really plant our flag and, yeah. and be a voice. So I appreciate Tacoma's that. Special, man. Um, so so going on back onto the, the topic of today is, is talking about, is there a cultural disconnect or, or how do you identify moving through America as a, a black person, although ethnicity is not African-American? So can you tell, tell people about the breakdown of your ethnicity and like what yeah. your background and your family structure look like? Yeah, so man, so I come from a very interesting family background. Like I am a black person, like look at me in the face and you know I'm black. But, um, you know, my, my mother is from, is from Sierra Leone in West Africa, um, from the Creole tribe. Mm. And so the Creole tribe is a real, um, it's like the, the blend of the old world and the new world. It's the repatriated um, slaves from the new world. So you have, um, you know, people who came from Jamaica who are intermarried with the Western Taino tribe. You have Maroons from Jamaica. You have people from Guyana that were repatriated. You have um, freed British slaves. You have the Saro people from Cuba, just a bunch of different people that made up our tribe and made our um, our world what it is. Like you look at, you even look at my mom, like her, her name right. is Chiquita, which is a Spanish yeah. name. And then her um, tribal name is Omodele, which is Yoruba, which is like Nigeria, which is like Nigeria. So it's like, you look that's at that and in and of itself, that's a story in and of itself. Um, Absolutely. You know, and I have a, I have a Yoruba name as well, um, Adeyemi. Um, so like, it's a trip. And then, you know, my father's family 
it's just kind of a, you know, it's a black family, but super mixed up. Mm. Um, you know, it's a kind of a, it's kind of a, like everything that is America is in my father's family. It's black and white and native and Spanish and a bunch of different themes. Um, mm. But we're just culturally black. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're, just, we're, just, we're, just, we're just black people. Like, you know what I'm saying? But um, <laughs> when you learn, when you, when you, when you learn the history, you start, you start looking at these names and you're like, there's a Lorenzo and an Arturo and a Arthur and all these like all these different names. You're like, who are these right. people? You know. But um, the thing is, it's it's a thing where in our in our family, we like we acknowledge you know where we're from, but we have we're just culturally black. It's it's right. I know in other African families it's a lot. I know it's different, um, mm-hmm. but it's in in our space it's always been that we we know like. And for me, it's like I always known the two sides. It's definitely there's definitely a divide. Yeah. Um, in the way like that I feel like in the way that I'm treated by some of my African relatives, like they love me, but it's a difference. There's a resentment or a disconnect. Um interesting. With the with the black American side, it's like I'm I'm you know, I was born in the States. So yeah. it's easier to connect, but like there's been a little bit of a disconnect, but like mm-hmm. really, it's really unique. Yeah. And that's fascinating. Did you see any conflict in terms of self-identity as you were coming up and you talk about that, that disconnect, was there any of that internally for you as you were coming up and, you know, like tr- figuring out who you were as a, as a black man in America? Like, did you have any of that internal conflict in between ethnicities and cultures? A little bit. A little bit. I mean, it's it's trying to figure out um, a side of yourself because you know you're decided. You know that you're African, right? right? You don't, but you know, trying to learn about your African identity when you're not necessarily all the way accepted mm-hmm. in the same way, like, or like having so much so many African customs that it's like you're it's like it's you're in the middle. You know, you're yeah. in the middle of two yeah. of you're in the middle of two or three different worlds <laughs> in our family. You know. <laughs> And the reason why I bring that up is because as you just sit there and say that, but you identify as a black man, so you get to move, you move through America, like as a black man, but you have all of these different ethnicities that you acknowledge and you truly like, um, you know, you acknowledge and you, and you enjoy, you get to enjoy the fruits of, of each of those cultures. Whereas like for white folks, it's kind of like, oh, I'm mixed with German, Irish, da 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 da, and it's like, but you're just white. But there's no conflict, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so for example, my wife Anne, she don't walk around with any conflict, even though I know that she's German, English, and mm-hmm. probably some Irish or something. But mm-hmm. she doesn't have to walk around with that internal conflict of like, yeah. which culture do I identify with? Which ethnicity yeah. do I identify with? I get to just fold into being white. But it's but it's also it's a power thing too. It's also kind of yeah. like because also you have to look at like how sometimes Africans are can be weaponized against Black people mm. because like oh you might come you know like I'm telling you like a lot of like the, the African family that I have that come to the United States come to play ball yeah and like <laughs> come to play ball and like you I mean you go to you go to Dallas you go to DC there's Sierra Leoneans mm-hmm. that like are lit you know what i mean there's some yeah, you know some of yeah. our nigerian cousins are all the way up yeah and um and you know and it's the way like sometimes you know there's certain white folks that will 
tell black people, why can't you do that? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He came, he came yep. and did it. And then, and it's a, and it causes friction between the communities because it's like, you know, you know, like they're just coming to the, you know, like, yeah. you know, just come to the country and ball out with no historical context. Yeah. But then like, but you know, African-Americans have been in the country for centuries getting beat down, have right. psychological scars. Yeah. And it's so hard to come up. Well, it'd be like, kind of like if I were, I remember uh, I was talking to Nate Bowling. So Nate Bowling is <laughs> over in um, Dubai. Yeah, yeah, he's over in Dubai and just talking about that weight being lifted off of him. So I understand why, you know what I mean? Even though you, as as a skin and you probably treated as a black or African-American, if you were, you know, coming from Haiti or wherever else, we talked about that, but like, and why you could come here and just ball out because you don't have that baggage. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's like, an advantage because it, 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 but it kind of is where you get to, you ain't in your own house no more. You get to go over here and be like, oh, okay. I still am privy to some of this stuff and some of the oppression. And I know about it because I have contextual, you know, experience from my back home, Mm -hmm. but I get to kind of forget about that. And I'm just in this new space. So, I mean, I get that. That makes sense. It's different. You know what I'm saying? And it's stuff that I talk, you know, with my mom and, you know, family members about it's like, you know, you know, you guys came to America when Reagan when Reagan was president. Mm. Like, and Reagan wasn't like the best person in the world. <laughs> you guys can you guys can clap for Reagan if you want to. That's none of my business. But like, um, you know, but it's like it's a difference than um, being here in the '40s, '50s, '60s. It's a difference. Yeah. Having you know coming to America in the '80s is a stark difference than coming mm-hmm. than having having to live through you know, the 40s, 50s, and 60s in the United States. Yeah. So. Well, you, you mentioned something about being weaponized. And I I, th- I think, and sometimes we do that to ourselves. So, you know, like the term African booty scratcher, for example, like we talked a little bit, like, you know, when I came up, I remember like that was something that we I had said before. And, you know, mm-hmm. and even in um, Boys in the Hood, uh, you know, there's a classic scene in the in the classroom where he ta- calls him an African booty scratcher, you know, and just like mm-hmm. that was normalized. And so True. here you have it in a movie that's even well to do. Like you got mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne up there talking about gentrification back in, in the 90s on, yeah. ma- on a major yeah. Yeah. movie. But still, you have mm-hmm. that element of the weaponization against each other. He called him an African booty scratcher in an intent in a by a black director. But you know what it Crazy. is, though. But you so, know what it is, though. It's literally like it's it's a it's a long term disconnect between like blacks and Africans. Like when literally people came to the country, like you know, you know, where, where people, you know, people from Africa came to the United States were enslaved and were mm-hmm. the customs were stolen, right? Mm-hmm. Like only a few people, like the Gullah Geechee, were able to keep the culture. It was only a few. A yeah. rare few of people who are able to keep the culture, right? Like there's this, there's a there's this law where it talks about despising what you can't have. Mm. Right? It's like I think it's one of the laws of power. It's like despise what you can't have. Mm. And it's a thing where if if we if we couldn't identify with that culture, if the culture was taken from us, despise what we can't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then, and then also, what are you being told about? Africa as a as an African American person. Mm-hmm. What are you being told 
about Africa, just as a general American, right? Like you don't see any, you don't see any good stuff about our countries on television. So no. it's a thing too, where it's like, okay, you have a very narrow perception of what Africa is. Right. And then, you know, Africans come here with a, with a certain perception of what Black Americans are. And so mm -hmm. it's a thing where we are not in, in proper communication and we do not allow ourselves the proper context to have real relationship. It's the same um, way in the Caribbean. It's the same mm -hmm. way um, with the Black communities in, you know, in Central and, um, you know, in, 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 you know, Central and Southern America. It's the same yeah. thing. It's the yeah. same thing all over the world, and it's, you know, especially just in you know in our in the American in the two American continents, um, yeah. where we don't necessarily understand the whole black diaspora needs to talk. Like, like yeah. we need to talk to black people from Brazil. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need to go to Ecuador. You need to go, go to Guayaquil and just talk to people. Mm -hmm. You need to just learn because um, black people suffer all over the world, no matter where we go. Yep, yep. And uh, the, the anti-black sentiment is real worldwide. Yeah everywhere worldwide worldwide yeah. globally so i don't know i don't know but but yeah we just need yeah. more context absolutely and we we fear what we don't know and that yeah. even applies to black people and so like if we are treating other black people that way how you think i mean especially when we just talked about where you know white folks don't have that internal strife in terms of ethnicity mm -hmm. um where it's a it's a losing yeah. it's a losing game like that like if we're asking them to be and we can't and we're already still doing that to ourselves come like on. amongst black and brown folks come on like amongst the, the diaspora the diaspora like and so when i oh and i do want to re retract a little bit i talk we talk we're talking about we're dropping some terminology that like so the african diaspora so mm -hmm. communities of people that's basically the communities of, what we're talking about is the communities of people from african descent that is dispersed throughout the world as a result of like the historic movement so like the majority of uh dispersal resulted from the arab and, and uh, atlantic slave trades and mm -hmm. basically forced large migrations into other areas and so like when we're talking about this we're talking about the people who are the descendants of those slaves so yeah. we're talking about afro-colombian afro-dominican afro-brazilian african-american you know like and that's all over the globe it's not just specific to usa but when we come but and so what i'm what i'm addressing is like when you come to usa and the different nuances we have between the cultures so you yeah. mentioned why can't you be like them? You know, like mm -hmm. we, we, we might have, uh, you know, I, I've been in them situations or seen it and it's, and it's not necessarily stated overt. It's more mm -hmm. like always subtle. It's, it's hella covert and su subtle. Like, why can't you be more like them? So the accepted black mm -hmm. a lot of times is not the African-American, but it is the other, mm -hmm. the, you know, the African. What, and so because of whatever reason, I don't know why, mm -hmm. but like, um, yeah. Well, because of stories that have been told. Exactly. It's all narrative. This whole all world narrative, is narrative. Yeah. It's yeah. all narrative. It's a system of belief. Everything from, from money is a system of belief. Race is a system of belief. All of these things are system of beliefs, right? And like literally our systems of beliefs dictate our facts. Right. So like, I don't know how we change these narratives, but we have to change these narratives because yeah. it's like our system of belief dictates our facts, dictates our, our fate, dictates our life. Well, well, and that's what, but here's the thing. This is why and it caught, I caught some flack for this tweet the other day when I said creatives are the new athletes because mm. now the gate, so what social media did was it created, it took down the gatekeepers, you know, mm. 
took for black creatives to come into space and truly create. And naturally we're going to talk about things that are important to us. Mm-hmm. So now that you have this, this these, I guess, uh, conduits to expose your talent. I mean, I think you're just going to see a wave of more, you know, black people in creative spaces. And I think that there's more opportunity to influence because before it used to just be, all right, you're going to hoop and you're going to influence people. Are you going to be a community leader in in some kind of way? Or you got to do like, nah, you can be a creative too. Like it's okay to be a creative. And now we're, now we can push that. And actually the reach is further. If you're in high school, for example, unless you're a top 20 dude in the nation, like you could Mm -hmm. become a creative and have the whole city behind your back if you really were about that because wow. you can get your work out there. It's a big thing, bro. I've, I've seen it. It's huge. I've seen it. It's huge. In, and in my, and the life. athlete needs the creative more than the creative needs the athlete. Every time. Coach life, Every the coach time. life longer than the player. Yeah. So, I mean, like that, that, so that's what I was, and so people took that as like a slight against athletes. I'm not saying that. I was just like, no, this is less about athletes and more about what's happening in the world right now and like where we're going with it. Um, so speaking of, of, of that, like we, you're in the world of entertainment and mm-hmm. uh, the movie, the, um, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but Judas and the Black Messiah Not uh, yet. just dropped. And Daniel, I, I have a hard yeah. time pronouncing his last name, but he, he's a great actor, mm-hmm. right? And there was a conversation about, um, you know, black actors, quote unquote, black actors playing African-American roles. Yeah. And like, what are your thoughts behind that? Because it seems like it's, 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 a, I'm not against it. Yeah. I just, when I see it over and over and over, I'm like, wait, is that the only brother that can play African-American yeah. males? Like, I, think, I just think on, on one end, I get what people are saying. I get how people feel. Um, but also that brother is excellent. You know, he's extremely he's, excellent. He's, he's, he's just generational talent. Yeah. He's incredible. So it's a it's a tough thing. It's it's a tough thing. I mean, honestly, like um, you know, it's um, it's just tough. It's tough because in some ways, it's like okay, you, it's a thing where you you don't want to prefer any other type of black person to a black American. You know, when you're telling a black American story, but it's just like, is the person who's good enough for the job good enough for the job? Right. Or is it a thing where you know we have to be more sensitive to these things. It's a, it's a nuanced conversation. It's a difficult conversation, but, yeah. um, but also when you go down the list, like Tubman, you know, that was, I, I, uh, Lupita played someone, you know, it, it just, yeah. it's, it's it, happening it's, it's a, it's a, a lot. It's and a I'm like, okay, well it's, it's enough trend. where I, I don't think about it when I'm watching the movie, but over time you start to see a trend and a pattern, which then, it, makes, also, it brings me back to that subtle reminder that why true. can't you be more like them? But, you know, it's, it's a funny thing, like, you know, in a way, like, I, it's hard, sometimes it's hard for me to criticize those people because I am those people and those people are, and those are people like people yeah, in my family, right. um, yeah. where like, we're what are called Afropolitan, where literally like we exist mm-hmm. everywhere. Like I have family in four continents, you know? Um, and then you think about the film industry in general, right? It's like, where are the, where are the biggest films made, right? You got like, it's, yeah. it's America, India, Nigeria. Uh, what are the top, like, what are the top uh, movie? What are the top movie making? I know, I know it's like, 
It's like America, India, Nigeria, probably like China. I don't even know. I would think like Vancouver. It seems like everything that's shot Uh here is shot in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. But But you know what I'm saying? So like you start thinking like, yo, where are the real places to make a splash if you're if you're amazing talents that you're gonna be working in American films? Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things too where you're like, it's tough. And that goes into another conversation about infrastructure and about who gets funding mm. and who gets to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And those are deeper conversations than yep. those actors are even, that's about those actors pay grade for real. And that's, and that's why I don't put it on the actors. Like I never put it on the actors and I don't even like the conversation to be honest, but like, but it is something to be seen because the actors aren't the people who should be getting the heat. They're good enough to do the job and they do the damn job well, right? Mm-hmm or else we wouldn't even be talking about it. Um, <clears throat> however, those who make decisions, so for example, when I think in terms of a, an African-American cast, a true African-American cast, I think of The Wire, you mm-hmm. know, and how they got a lot of, they, they cast a lot of people from Baltimore, like yeah. straight up. Snoop wasn't even a trained actor and mm-hmm. killed it, right? So, um, so that's, and so when I look at that, I go, okay, well, clearly you can have you, that. It can work. It can you know happen. What I mean, it can, it can work. It can happen. It it's just decision. has to be an intentional thing. It be, it's intention um, and decision. And I think your, your comment about mm-hmm. representation, uh, uh, representation and, and the structure um, matters for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. You know, like those decisions, yeah. making, you know, make those decisions is a, is a real thing. Yeah. It's a super real thing. Cause yeah. if you can't make those decisions, like you know the same decisions are going to continue to be made it's not a um it's what's that i just got to get this charger because the computer's going to uh, die it's <laughs> <all good. laughs> I'm like yo i'm like yo i don't want to i don't want to die right in the middle of the, of the convo <laughs> it's all good no we but, um, it's a good one um, but, yeah, the, but yeah those decisions it's like we have to be at those at those decision making tables and we have to figure out our own funding apparatuses. Yeah. Because if we don't, because we're at the mercy of, of, of other funding apparatuses, like, right. What are we, what are we, we're going to keep doing this? Yeah. So, Luke, you, you made a, a good point. Um, man, you're saying, like, I'll, it'll come back to me, but what are your thoughts on, um, but what are your thoughts on on the new uh, like Afropop? So when we talk about Afropop yeah. and entertainment and music and the explosion, mm-hmm. you know, we got I'm even so locally we got Sango who is like amazing. Incredible. I mean, he's, you know, and he's you know, and he's representing in a major way. You know, before I would consider him Afro Brazilian. Like Afro-Brazil. I don't even Brazil. Like, and it's like, and, and he was talking about he was still young and too. I got to investigate, but I was like, yo, are you from? Oh, I didn't Hello? know. Like, are you from? Are you from one? Of, you one of us? <laughs> but um but yeah i was um i'm super excited about the proliferation of african music in mm. an african culture like the idea that there's you know like the afrobeats is doing so well people like whiz kid yeah you know the bonge um burna boy burna boy is incredible like all that stuff that's happening shirazi mm. like all this stuff mm-hmm. that's happening right now i feel so I feel so pleased about it because it was a thing where it was not cool to be African, bro. Mm. It was something that you just kind of didn't talk about and something that you just kind of stayed at the house and you just didn't really talk about it. And you, we didn't talk about our jollof rice and fufu <laughs> or any of that. We didn't talk about any of that stuff. And um, now 
it's the hottest thing in the world to be African. Yeah. And I'm just like, bro, like I'm about to, I'm just gonna just start walking around with my Sierra Leonean flag around, bro. <laughs> just representing, own it down. Hey. But, like, but it's like I'm just proud. It's a, it's a blessing just to see people get into our culture, get into our music. Um, you know, the the year of the return, people were going back to Senegal. Like it's a beautiful thing. Mm. I want to see more black people go back, go to Ghana, yeah. go to go to you know, go to Senegal, go to Sierra Leone, go to Nigeria. Really go and make friends and do business um because yeah. it's like the thing you find out is we need each other bro like yes you know what i mean i'm getting more and more connected you know to black people all over the world yeah you know just connecting with you know black people in brazil connecting with black people all over the world and you realize that like we're so much the same like you yeah. know our country like Sierra Leone, that's a that's a um that's a portuguese word mm. for, for lion mountains like our first our first our nation's first um, colonial language was Portuguese, you know what I'm saying, and it became it became English later. But like, mm. and, you know, and so it's like, you know, Portuguese, English, Creole, and like that's what it is. But like, and that's um, you know, man, you're saying, and I'm learning so much just listening to this conversation. But like, the the black experience in the world, and I'm just speaking from a, like. Our history did not start with slavery. You know what I mean? Like, and, mm-hmm. and and when you think in terms of black people's, not just America, but their contributions to America, yes. Mm-hmm. And then also contributions to the world is endless. But like, if you live in America, you would think that it just started with slavery and that's what it was. Like, nah, <laughs> nah. We had, it was popping before all of this happened. Like we had our, there's black people doing amazing things all over the world before all of this like we're still a young country we're not even anywhere near what what, 200 maybe 200 something years old 1776 so like maybe 250 that's that's only two generations like we're not even old yet as a united states we're a baby you're a baby think about it you know like when i when i think about like um one thing that i'm going to be like working on more is like kind of uncovering more about the Romani people. Do you know anything about the Romani people, about about the Romani or the Roma? No, no. On my dad's side, um, we're descendants of, of, of Romani people. The Romani people were like originally um, in India in the 11th century mm-hmm. and were expelled from India and continued to move west until they made it to the new world. Okay. Okay. And those are like some like my like white ancestors because they spent generations in Europe before they were expelled in Europe and made it to, you know, North America mm-hmm. and Latin America, right? In some Spanish countries, they're called Gitanos. You might have heard these people called gypsies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, black gypsies, you know, with, yeah. and so it's just a thing where I forgot what my point was. I was saying something before that. It was, oh, so like you just think that culture, 11th, uh, in the uh, like the 11th century we're in the 21st century it's 10 centuries of that culture that's crazy we only have we only have two centuries of, cult, of, <laughs> of culture in the united states yeah that's it. that's why when i say like where we're at in this in this time right now when we're fighting white supremacy like mm-hmm. we're literally we're still a couple hundred years away from me like when i'm looking at it, i'm like okay but what am i going to do when we're here right now in this moment like what can we mm-hmm. do so that the next hundred years because i look at it like we're in the yeah. 20s when i think of the 20s i think of the 1920s that's like ages yeah. ago but i'm like wait we're mm-hmm. we are currently in the past 
we're yes. living in the past, but we're in the yeah. present. Exactly. Like I don't know. It's weird. It's it's, it's a it's um they're parallels. It's it's parallel yeah, reality. Yeah. Because yeah, like parallel realities. Yeah. Is you right. think about what's you think about what the twenties were. You think about like you know how that Great Depression happened. You think about the different things in leadership. You think about all these different things. You wonder what's gonna happen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then like the one thing that hit home was when COVID and the Spanish flu kind of lined up in terms mm-hmm. of time. That's when it was like these things work in cycles. Yes. What's old is new and what's new is old. And I think the different generations, I'm going to be fascinated by how this generation. So like my sons, for example, Mm -hmm. only knew of a president who looked like them. Which is crazy. Eight years on the planet. Like wild, mind blowing, mind blowing. And now they had, and then in their lifetime, they had four years of what a white president, like following that up with, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And so in Mike Pence. And so that was the vision of what they saw and how it played out. I'm wondering how that's going to that's impact them, you know, that's and different. then, and then now you have a female, uh, you get to see a female as a vice okay. president. Next, you ain't even been on the planet for 14 years. I had to wait 40 to yeah, see to that. There. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they get it right out the gate. Like, and so how's that going to change? Like, that's why I'm saying we're a hundred. It's their kids that might, yeah. that are going to be the ones, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I yeah. Know, but if you think, think about it, right. Like when you think about it, this is, this has nothing to do with our original topic, but we're just, we're just talking <laughs> no, about no, yeah. But like what, what we're, do, what we're doing, what we're doing right now is um, I was saying something. Oh, think about this. Like if you look at people who are in the United States Senate right now, right? All, all of mm-hmm. our senators, you know, how many of those people were alive, or how many of those how many of those people that are are United States senators went to segregated schools? Mm. How many of them? Think about it. Think about how old they are. Quite a few. And do the math. Yeah. And then think about. Yeah. And then think about how they get down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you so when you're saying it's the kids' kids, I don't know. It might it might be the kids because it's like power concedes nothing and power holds on to power true, forever. True, true. So it's like it'll just be those kids that are young now. They come into power and maybe their late forties, early fifties are gonna stay in those positions until they're gonna die in those positions in their eighties. Right. 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 So I don't know. Yeah, we we got we got a ways, and I'd even argue that we're still segregated, and we still self segregate, and for sure, you know, all of yeah. this, that's a whole different conversation. That's, that's another though. topic. That's a long. No, we can go, but like, so getting back to the topic of like uh, experience, and mm-hmm. when as you were coming up, and I I've already talked about like the internal strife and struggle in between different yeah. ethnicities. Um, to wrap up, like, what do you, like, even now in the entertainment industry or as you move now as a grown man, do you see any of that, the remnants of, of any of that internal struggle? Or is it just kind of like you've stepped into your your blackness and that's just what it is and then uh-huh. keep it moving? Is it something that you still like, deal with, I guess? It's it's just, it's it's less about, it's, it's less about a struggle per se and more so just about, um, 
you know, like, like someone like Trevor Noah, like embodies this really well, where he talks mm. about being able to speak different languages and moving in different crowds. Yeah. Like yeah. it's literally that for me, where like, yeah. if I'm among, if I'm among Africans, like I have a, uh, I have a different rapport. Yeah. If I'm among different, if I'm among black people, I have a different rapport. If I'm among mm. Latinos, like I have a different understanding. So it's yeah. like, that's just kind of how it is. So it's more just kind of like, I, my, my culture and my background and how mixed up we are just allows me to connect with more people and right. connect with more people from a way where it's like, I'm not connecting with you from something that I read. I'm connecting to you from my soul and from my blood right. because we share a similar culture. Right. So like, that's all it is in like in entertainment, like there's more Africans now than ever. So it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. And, yeah. uh, you know, you get to see like, you know, like Akon's out here making, I'm making a crowd. I'm super proud of, you know, yeah, yeah I'm tripping off Akon. He made a Spanish album. Akon made a Spanish album called El Negrito. I'm like, hey. this man is an animal in the, 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 the city that he's building. I'm like, this, this man is different. He's different, but, um, different. But you go through, you know, you go through the music space, you see a bunch of Africans, you see like Ethiopia, Habsamariam, and, um, you know, Amina Diab, you see like Tuma, Tuma Basa, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tab and Kamorie, like just a bunch of like dope Africans that are in the space. Um, yeah. When that used to not be a thing, um, which is cool. Yeah. And, you know, obviously like, you know, black folks are, are always going to be black folks and we're going to mm-hmm. keep doing what we do and keep making something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we just gotta keep going. Yeah, so we no, just learn how to relate to people. Yeah, it's a, well, that's encouraging. That's encouraging for me to hear. It's encouraging, I'm sure, for everyone else to hear. And um, I appreciate the conversation, man. And Absolutely. just, I think it's uh, you know, you're you're one of the the voices. I think of of when I think in terms of voices in this community and voices in this time frame in this era, we're getting we're able to. You're a griot just like everybody, you know, like I consider myself a griot. I consider, yeah. you know, we tell stories, we tell, like, hopefully it's encapsulated in, and in the Tacoma's period in time, mm-hmm. like yeah. I always thought, like we read, read, read these black history cards. And one night I was uh, at the table with my boys and I was like, what's your card going to read? Like, and yeah. that's what, that's how I think about like how I'm moving. It's like, all right, well, what is my card? And that changed my whole perspective on like, speaking out and doing things and yeah. just making it known like we got these platforms to do it so you might as well do it got to if I mean, why not you know like why not so but man how can people get in touch with you or where can people find you if yeah. they if they need to plug get your plug in man yeah for sure for sure for sure so um so you find me every you find me on everywhere on social media at uh, i am the cruise it is i a m d c r e w s you find me there on uh, on the on the Twitters, on the Instagram, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you check out the new Pacific Northwest playlist on Apple Music. It's super dope. I'm biased, but I think it's dope. And um, <laughs> it's dope. we're trying to we're just trying to continue to grow it. Um, man, like it's a good time for Northwest hip hop. So please support that. And uh, that's what we got right now. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and thank you. And man, keep keep doing you, man. You you're, you're doing big things out here. Man, just trying to be like you, man. all right well that's a that's that's a wrap for uh this this inside a boat episode again this is the black history month reflection series uh tune in tomorrow we might have something else for you all right peace